Good morning. Welcome to our broadcast today and the opportunity we have to join together in God's Word, enjoy some of His passages, some of His Word, and let it speak to our heart. When we do get to that point, we're going to be in Mark chapter 3, verse number 1 this morning is where we will begin. While you're finding your place, I want to invite you to join me in prayer today. Post your prayer requests if you have them. If you'd like to do that, feel free to. Take an opportunity to post any prayer requests, um, praise reports, testimonies that you may have of this previous week. How God has blessed you in your life. And I know He has. I know He has because He's God. And if we look back over the week, we will find blessings. If we look back over just the moments that we've been up today already, we will find blessings. God is good. God loves us. That doesn't mean He tolerates everything that we do. But it means He loves us enough to give us grace and mercy. And He gave us His Son, Jesus Christ, as a propitiation for our sin. We can come to Jesus, and I'm so thankful we can do that today. We can come to Jesus for forgiveness of sin. We can come to Jesus to help us to redeem us to give us new life what a blessing that is today let's remember in prayer our nation our nation is being torn apart by forces of evil the devil is moving in many ways he is moving among hatred he is moving uh, in, in all kinds of ways to stir up violence and unrest and looting and stealing and murder. Yet God is gracious to all, giving them opportunity for repentance and forgiveness. Let's remember the grace that needs to be extended to the victims and to their families. Let's remember to pray for our leadership in government, whether it is national, state, or local. Folks, we have the government we have because of the grace of God. We need to lift them up and pray for them. We need for them to be seeking God's hand in solving these and other problems. Let's remember the COVID-19 virus. Let's remember those that are struggling with that today and the families of those who have lost loved ones to it. Let's remember one another. Let's lift up each other in prayer because if we can't pray for one another, how can we pray for ourselves? Let's lay aside all disagreements. Politics is an opinion. Let's lay it aside. Other things are opinions. Lay them aside. Meet me at the cross this morning. Meet me at the cross and let's seek God's will. Let's seek His will, His answer, 
His direction, His purpose in everything that involves our life. Everything that affects our life. And let's thank Him for everything He's done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for the privilege of opening Your Word today. I thank You for all of the folks who have joined us by Facebook today. All of those who are joining us later by by televised broadcast over sermon audio. Lord, take this message. Send it out. Take it around the world. May it accomplish that which you purposed it to do. Heavenly Father, thank you for everything you've provided in our lives this week. Thank you for the love you've given, for the patience you've shown. Lord, we pray today for the many around this nation and world who are suffering who are suffering spiritually, who are suffering physically, who are suffering emotionally. Lord, you know the needs that are surrounding our lives. And Heavenly Father, I know we have to call upon you. But Lord, there are many out there today who are needing that conviction in their life. Lord, I pray that you would look down upon each and every one of us right now. Lord, I pray that you would give conviction to call out to your son Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would have us meet you at the cross. Lord, I pray that you would touch lives and hearts, that you would change lives and hearts. Lord, I pray for healing in the people of this world, in the people of our nation, in the people of the church. Lord, I pray that Jesus Christ would be lifted up in everything that's said and done. Join us, be with us, anoint your message and your word. Take it around the world and around the corner to glorify you through Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen. This morning, I'm going to read from Mark chapter 3. I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1. And he entered again into the synagogue. And there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he saith unto him, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked around about them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. But Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from Idumea, and from beyond Jordan. They about tired and sighed, and a great multitude, when they had heard what great things he did, came unto him. And he spake to his disciples, that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throng him. For he had healed many, insomuch that they passed upon him for to touch him. 
as many as had plagues. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. And he straightly charged them that they should not make him known. We have another incident here that took place on a Sabbath day, possibly the same Sabbath day as the one we looked at last week. But you know, there are some differences. The Pharisees and the Jews as a whole, they were out to get Jesus. Anything and everything that they could find against him. If they had to make it up, they were okay doing that. It's a reality that the world, and especially the religious world, despises Jesus. Now let's get something straight. I'm not talking about the redeemed. I'm not talking about the saints of God. I'm talking about those who have it in their mind that they have the ability to determine what is right and what is wrong. They have the ability to determine what is godly and what is ungodly. They, have the, they feel like they have the ability to dictate to God where he should be moving and how he should be moving. I'm talking about religion right now. I'm not talking about redemption. Those that are religious despise Jesus because they do not want Jesus to have glory for his work. They don't want Jesus to have authority. They don't want anyone but themselves to get any type of authority or recognition. You see, religion is all about self and making self godly. Jesus isn't about that. Jesus is about making the Father, God the Father, God the Father. About Himself being God the Son. About the Holy Spirit being God the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus is about God. But these folks here, the Jews in this, in this story that we just read, they were full of disagreement with Jesus. They were full of argument. They were full of anger. As a matter of fact, it can be said that they have a hard heart. They have a hard heart. There are plenty of people today walking around with a hard heart toward Jesus. As a matter of fact, if we look back at our passage, we will see that in verse 5, when he, Jesus, looked around about them with anger, they angered Jesus. Being grieved because of that anger, he was hurt for the hardness of their hearts. You see, they were not willing to admit that Jesus was Lord of the Sabbath. They were not willing to admit the Sabbath existed to do good and not evil. They wanted it their way or no way. Folks, we can't have God our way. We can't. You can't have God your way. You might be able to have a hamburger your way. You might be able to have a meal your way. 
you might be able to have something to drink, as in iced tea, your way, whether it's sweetened or unsweetened. But folks, when it comes to God, you got to take Him His way. You've got to come to God on His terms. That's why I said earlier, we need to meet at the foot of the cross. That's where we meet Jesus. And we meet Him on His terms. Well, we've established that these folks had a hard heart. There are people today, as I said, that have a hard heart. They are anger. They angry. They're 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 bitter at God. They want God to meet them halfway on their terms, and God's not going to do it. They want to tell God, "You need to be approving this." We're just going through times that just came out of some very serious times, and we'll be back into them again, where. The same-sex marriage groups, whether it's homosexuals or lesbians or transgenders or bisexuals or whatever you want to call them, they want equality. Well, they've always had their say and their way about meeting and doing things and having their relationships. But now when they're saying they want equality, what they're wanting the church to do and the religious people to do is say, oh yes, God approves. And then they want to say, I'm judgmental if I say He doesn't. Forget about me for a moment. Consider this. God says here that He disapproves. Now, you can have a hardened heart if you want to. You can be wrong if you want to. But it's not going to change what's written by God. We can quibble and argue all we want about our opinions. But it is written here. And we talk about, with the recent deaths that have been around and and the accusing of the law enforcement of going too far in murdering and killing. And I hear the Bible, hear folks quote the Bible, thou shalt not kill, and it is true. They shouldn't. And let justice run its course in these matters. Let evidence reveal the truth. But the same Bible that says thou shalt not kill, says thou shalt not steal. And to those that are looting, to those who are running around stealing, to those who are pulling people out of their vehicles and beating them to death, to those who are walking up to police and sheriff's deputies like they did in Los Angeles County yesterday, walked up to a sheriff's deputy's cruiser and point blank shot two deputies in the head. The same scripture that says thou shalt not kill to the law enforcement officer says thou shalt not kill to you. Don't harden your heart to the word of God. Let it be true in your life. Let it be real. Don't look for a Pharisee to support you. Look for the Word of God. Let it speak to your heart. Let it soften your heart. 
Let it be real. Let God and justice deal with the criminal. We have a system in place in this nation that will deal with criminals. And it is based on evidence. Let it work. Let God work. Do you not think for a moment that God will punish the guilty? Do you not think for one moment that God will hold the guilty accountable? Say, so, well, there's corruption. There's always been corruption. And God will hold them accountable. But if you fall victim to that very same corruption, by hardening your heart, God will also hold you accountable. If you harden your heart against the Word of God about His creation of a man and a woman and only a man and a woman, and you go looking for that Pharisee that tells you something different, and you harden your heart against God's Word, understand God will hold you accountable. It will anger the Lord. If you go meddling with relationships that God has established from His Word, whether it is same-sex or whatever the situation may be, or whether it's heterosexual or homosexual or lesbian or bisexual, when you start messing with the relationship that God has created between a husband and a wife, you're looking for a Pharisee to support you. And it will anger the Lord. Do you really want to harden your heart against God? Are you really so wrapped up in yourself already that you're so hardened against Him that you're going to have it your way or no way? Is that really where you want to be? And it goes much further than relationships or violence. It goes and speaks to our lives and everything that we do daily, every move that we make, every decision that we make. Where does the Lord truly fall into your life in making decisions? If we ask for a show of hands, about how many are Christian, we're going to see an overwhelming majority in this nation raise their hand. But if we refine that question and drum it down to according to the inerrant, infallible, inspired Word of God, how many of you are Christian? How many of you are the sainthood of God? There will be far fewer hands. You know why? Because many people today who claim to be Christian don't have the foggiest idea what God's Word has to say about it. They know how they feel and they know how they want to align and they understand where they stand and they have a hardened heart to the Word of God 
which is the same thing as having a hardened heart to God Himself. And they really don't know. So, how do you know? First, you know by going back and knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was a time and a place in your life when you asked Jesus to save you. You asked Him to forgive you of your sin. You asked Him to accept you into His kingdom. You asked Him to come into your heart to live, to reside, to take the burden and the weight of sin and self-righteousness and get rid of it and put that new life you know beyond a shadow of a doubt there was that time. And you know that because you know there was a change that took place from the inside out. It may still be going on and it's good if it is because it's a place we never meet to a final point of that on this side of eternity. We're going to always be growing and developing and, and, and finding things that need to be worked out in our life. But it should be a process. It should be a growing process that you know. You may not be who you should be, but you can thank God you're not who you used to be. And you can thank Him by Jesus Christ and what He's done in your life. You know you've had that life-changing event. You know it. Now, that doesn't mean maybe you haven't strayed away from it, but that's okay. You can come back. He's still a person who is a saint of God, who saints can still harden their heart to things. So, those that are saved out there, maybe you're walking around in bitterness. In bitterness toward the same-sex couples, in bitterness toward the looters, in bitterness toward law enforcement, in bitterness toward the government or to a political party. You've hardened your heart. You may not like to hear it, but you know you've hardened your heart. And I want you to understand something, saint of God. It angers the Lord. It angers the Lord because He sees you as a Pharisee. Lay it down at the cross. Lay it down at the feet of Jesus. Let Him have it. And let Him have His way in your life. Let Him have that movement. Let Him have that direction to bring you back where you need to be in relation to Him. And let Him, let Him guide your life. Get back in His Word. Close down that television set. Turn off CNN and MSNBC. See all of those others, Fox and the rest of them. Turn them off. And open your Bible. Spend some quality time in God's Word, letting it speak to you. Well, what happens? 
What happens when we do that? Well, let's look. Let's continue to look. When Jesus asked this man to stretch forth his hand, he healed him. And immediately the Pharisees took counsel against him. But Jesus just went on with his disciples. And what happens when people see Jesus work in your life? They follow Jesus. Notice. Notice a multitude, a great multitude, the Bible says, from Galilee, from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, from beyond Jordan and about Tyre and Sidon. They, they heard what great things he did and they came to him. We have to ask the question, Christian, this is for you, we have to ask the question today. Do we want people following Jesus or do we really want them following us? Ooh, my, my, my. Come on now, get with me. Don't go turning things off right now. Do we really want people following Jesus or do we want them following me? That's the reality we've got to ask because we see here that great multitudes follow Jesus after the work he did in that man's life. Can you look in the mirror and say that your Christian walk is based on what Jesus can do through your life so that others follow him? Now that's a heavy question. It's specific. It's a yes or no answer. Now, let's not just give a what default answer to make ourselves feel better. Let's examine our heart. Better yet, let's ask the Holy Spirit to examine our heart. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to look at us Look inside of us and tell us, are we a Pharisee or are we someone that has been healed by the hand of the Lord and people see Him through our lives? Mm. That's something serious. That gets right down to where the rubber meets the road. As they say here in these mountains, that dog will hunt. It's where we ought to be today. We ought to be asking these questions. The church is complaining about the condition of this country. We're complaining because local governments we feel are suppressing us in our church services. And maybe they aren't. We feel that that, that we're being targeted by certain political groups. We feel that we're being done this way and we're being done that way. That's our feelings. That's our thoughts. That's the evidence that we claim is out there against us. But when it comes right down to it, despite our feelings and our complaints, do those people who are levying this stuff against us, are they doing it because they see Jesus 
Or are they doing it because they see an opposing political party? Or because they see an opposing this or an opposing that? If they're doing it because they see Jesus in you, they see Jesus in your church, they see Jesus in other things in your life, then you ought to be sitting back shouting glory, glory, hallelujah. Because you're being that witness. You're where you're doing the work and you're being that person that Jesus needs and wants. And just as the Pharisees and the Jews laid in wait for Jesus, they are laying in wait for you. And now if it's for other reasons, for other reasons besides Jesus, you need to back up. You need to repent. And you need to get your life because it's all about you and not about the Lord. You see, everything that's written in this precious book is about Jesus. Everything that's done is done because of Jesus. When they came to him, Jesus' popularity was so great that they fought and they pressed just so they could touch him. Just so they could touch him. Even the unclean spirits, when they saw him, they fell on their feet before him. They fell down before him and they cried, Thou art the Son of God. The devils themselves gave glory to God. The devils themselves were able to do what the Pharisees couldn't. If you're watching today and you're listening today, and you're just so hardened with self-righteousness over godliness, just remember that the devils can do what you can't. And that's guilty credit to the Son of God. That's recognizing for who He is. What does that say about a hardened heart? What does that say about the life of that person? My goodness. We ought to be we ought to be in tears. Bringing ourselves to the Lord. Hoping we're not in that bad shape. Having that hard heart drives us so far away from God that we're not even able to do what the devils themselves can do. What demons can do. And he informed the demons not to tell no one. Why? Because those testimonies of who Jesus is need to come from those who have been healed, not those who have been condemned. You see, if you've been saved today, if you've had a moving in your life, maybe your testimony goes much farther than salvation. 
Maybe there's salvation and then there is recovery from substance abuse and drugs and etc. Maybe there's recovery from pornography. Maybe there's all kinds of other things out there that you have been healed from and taken away from you and you've been restored physically, spiritually, emotionally, all of these other areas that God has moved in your life. People need to hear from you. People need to see it in your life. They need to know from you how good Jesus is. Because he won't allow the demons to come. He won't allow the demons to speak for him. He will only allow those whom he has moved in their life. Are we going to be a Pharisee? Are we going to be hard-hearted? Or are we going to be that man with the withered hand? Maybe it's a maybe that withering is another part. Maybe it's something entirely different. But in either case, Jesus called him forward and healed him. Jesus is calling people forward right now to be healed from sin, to be healed from addictions to be healed from abuse, to be healed from all manners of things. And it may not happen in a moment's time. But understand this, when he begins that process, it will be a process that you will realize is going on in your life, and you will hunger for it to continue. If Jesus is calling you today, come to where you are, come to me. Pray for Him to save your soul. Pray for Him to move in your life as He moved in this man's life. Pray that you not have a hardened heart. Pray that you not be a Pharisee, but that you be a witness and a testimony to the goodness of That's all you have to do where you're at right now. Pray and believe. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 says that if we will believe with our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, He will save us. Look it up for yourself. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. Two of the most settling verses there are in Scripture salvation but nonetheless let's get back to Jesus Christian Christian have, have you got a hardened heart have you have you gotten so bitter and so angry at something that it's become between you and the Lord and now when the Lord sees you the Lord has to look at you and he has to be grieved of where you're at. Don't let that happen in your life. Don't let it carry on any further. Come to Him today. Let Him carry these burdens. He knows all. He sees the hearts and the lives of everyone involved. Let Him do His job. You do yours. 
carrying the word of what he has healed in your life. Friends, that's it for today. It's that simple. And it all comes back to meeting Jesus at the cross. So as I close in prayer, will you meet Jesus at the cross with your problems? Let's pray. Heavenly Father and Lord God, I pray that if there's one lost that's been watching today, I pray that they would come to the cross. I pray that they would come and they would ask for forgiveness and they would get a softening of a hardened heart. Lord, I pray that you would meet them with grace and mercy. Heavenly Father, if there's a Christian out there today who is bitter and angry, if they've grieved you in the way that they're living and the attitudes that they're taking, Lord, I pray that conviction would fall upon them and they would pray for a for, for, for a uh, removing of this thing, whatever it may be in their life, that they would come back to you and want to be that man with the withered hand that goes about being a witness of what's been healed and done in their life. So that Jesus can be glorified. Heavenly Father, those around us, again, those that are suffering and sick today, those that are dealing with emotional problems uh, and all kinds of other issues that are out there, I pray that you would convict and call them to the cross to meet you there through Jesus Christ. Lord, only you can do that. May you take this word. May you anoint it. Heavenly Father, may you take this word and send it around the world. May it not return to you, boy, but may it accomplish everything you've purposed it to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. May God bless you is my prayer. And keep us in mind. Remember, we'll be back next week, Lord willing. So long.